Section 72 of The Mysteries of London, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Mysteries of London, Volume 3 by George W. M. Reynolds Tim the Snammer The individual who rejoiced in the name of Tim the Snammer was a tall, athletic, well-built man of about thirty-two and tolerably good-looking. His attire consisted of a shabby bottle-green surtout, a dark waistcoat, and drab trousers, and he wore his hat very far down on his head, probably because it was too large for him. His hair, being particularly short, all his superfluous curls having fallen beneath the unsparing scissors of a jail barber. Hola, Josh, my boy, cried Tim, as he closed the door behind him. Why, you are taking it cozy there in bed. I have been desperate bad, Tim, was the answer, or I shouldn't lie quite in such a damn empty garret as this here. You may take your davy. But when did you get out? My time was up today at eleven o'clock, returned Tim. I called at the old crib in Castle Street, Thompson's twenty-three, and stayed with Mutton Face till now. She told me you'd been ill, and also where I should find you. So I've come around to see you, old feller, and maybe arrange a little job that I've got in my head. But since you are unable to get up... Tim, my boy, interrupted Josh, I've just had a doist good supper and I'm sure of a breakfast and dinner, too, and maybe a supper also, tomorrow. And if I ain't well with all that in two days' time, my name isn't Peddler. So, if you've got anything that'll keep so long, do let me be in it. Matilda, my dear, this is my friend Mr. Timothy Splint, generally known as Tim the Snammer, and Tim... This young omen is my German. We was regularly spliced at the padding can by old Barlow, and she's staunch to the backbone. So now you are acquainted with each other, and you needn't be afraid, Tim, of talking secrets. But how goes the gin, Tilda? There is plenty left, and I borrowed two glasses of the landlord. As I came up, answered the young woman, so here's one for Mr. Splint. Call me Tim, my dear, said that individual. We have no misters and missuses among us. Here's your health, Tilda, then, since that's your name. Here's Tia, Josh. Thank ye, but what plan is that that you got in your head, asked Peddler. I'll tell you in a breath of shakes, returned Splint, smacking his lips 
in approval of the dram which he had just imbibed. You may very well suppose that I have no great reason to be pleased with the conduct of that scoundrel, all death. The damned thief, cried Josh. He sucked the sixteen pounds, and then never made a move to help you when you was head up again afore the beak. No thanks to him that I wasn't transported, said Tim Splint, with a fierce expression of countenance. The prigum wasn't proved very clearly, and so I got up with two months at the mill as a roach and vagabond. But by hell, I'll have my revenge on the bilking old scoundrel that humbugged you and Mutton Face Cell. And what's more, I know how to go to work, too. What do you mean, Tim? demanded Josh Pedler. Why, I mean this, that Mutton Face knows where all death is hanging out, responded the snammer. She saw him last night in the burrow, and she dogged him into some crib. This was about eight o'clock. Well, she was determined to see whether he lived there or not, and she was afraid of raising suspicion and alarming him by making any inquiries. So she watched near the place for a matter of three hours, and he didn't come out. So it's pretty clear he does live there. But to make all sure, Mutton Face has gone over there again tonight, and she'll watch to see when he comes in, if he does at all, and then she'll stay to see whether he comes out again. If it's all right, you and me will just pay a visit to all death, and I'll be bound we shall find something worse the trouble of going for. All death always has money about him, observed Josh, and I should think that there is no one wants blunt more than you and me, Tim, at this moment. I haven't a blessed neck, returned Splint. If it wasn't for Mutton Face Cell, I shouldn't have had a dinner to eat when I got out of quad this morning till I'd pricked the money to pay for one. And after all, I've spent in Thompson's padding cans. I couldn't get a lodging there for love, I know, but Sal has managed to keep herself while I've been lumbered, and now I must begin to keep her again. She's got just enough to carry us on till either this business of all death or something else turns up, and that's all I care about. Well, said Josh Pedler, I hope I shall be able to get up in two or three days, and then I'm your man for anything you like. But I say, Tim, what a life this is of ourn, to be sure. You don't mean to say you are tired on it, do you? cried Splint, with a species of anxiety and almost convulsive shudder, proving that the truth of an unwelcome nature, and to which he never liked to be awakened, was suddenly recalled to his contemplation. By God, I wish I could turn honest man, Tim, exclaimed Pedler, with unmistakable sincerity. It's all very well while the excitement of drinking or business goes on, but it's 
when one is lumbered in bed, as I have been for some weeks, that one feels queer and qualmish, Tim. That's why I always hate to have the least thing the matter with me. I can't abear to have time to brew and mope over things. I wish there wasn't no such thing as thought, Tim. Blessed if I didn't often say so to myself when I was cooped up in that cursed prison, Josh, exclaimed the snammer. I tell you what it is. People say we are regularly depraved. That's the word, Josh. And so they invent treadmills and all them kind of things. But it's quite enough for chaps like us to be left alone with our own thoughts. And there's no denying it. Now my idea is just this. Put a man like us into a jail, if you will, and don't torture him with hard labor. But let him have time to think. Then, when he comes out, say to him, Here's the work for you, and a chance to get an honest living. My opinion is that nine out of ten would avail themselves of the offer. But suppose only one or two did it. Why, it must be a blessing to society to reduce the number of them as praise upon it. What do you think, Josh? I can't bear to think about it, Tim, returned the invalid thief. Now then, Tilda, what the hell are you piping your eyes for? I suppose you think my friend Splint is a Methodist parson. But he ain't, though, and don't mean to be. Damnation. Tilda, leave off blubbering like that and hand round the gin. There, that's a good girl. Blue ruin is the mortal enemy of unpleasant thinking, and that's why we all text to it as naturalist one does to opium, when he is accustomed to it. I have often thought, Josh, said Tim Splint, after draining the glass which Matilda handed him, that I should like to go over to America and bury myself in the backwoods that you hear talked of or read about. I wish I had a chance, and rarely, if we do get a good haul from all death, I think I shall try the game, for after all, and you and me may say it between ourselves in this here room, cause Matilda, being a omen, goes for no one. But after all, there is few on us that wouldn't give up prigging if we could. I wonder why they don't establish societies to reclaim and provide for men thieves as they do for unfortunate women. Blowed if I wouldn't go into such a place in a minute. And do you mean to say, exclaimed Matilda, wiping her eyes and speaking with strange energy, that if you choose to leave off this kind of life, you can't? Why, you'd be happier, Josh, as a laborer with only twelve or fifteen shillings a week than you are now, for I never heard so much from your lips as I have tonight. Who the devil will employ a people without characters? demanded Josh Pedler. Do you think that if you try to get a place even as a scullion in a gentleman's family, you could obtain it? 
no such a thing lord bless your dear heart them as talks most about the depravity of the lower classes is always the last to give us a chance yes and yet we wasn't all naturally wicked said tim the snammer some of us was made so by circumstances and that was the case with me how came that about asked josh pedler who being in no humor to sleep was well disposed for conversation yes how came that about inquired matilda feeling interested in the present topic you don't mean to say you would like to hear me tell my story do you exclaimed tim i should by all means answered josh pedler and i too oh above all things cried matilda particularly if you can show what you said she added hesitatingly you mean to say if i can prove that i didn't become what i am through my own fault observed the snammer well i think i can prove it but you shall judge for yourselves so here goes and with this free and easy kind of preface the thief commenced his narrative which we have expurgated of those grammatical solecisms and characteristic redundancies which if preserved would only mar the interest and obscure the sense at the same time we have kept as nearly to the original mode of delivery as possible end of section seventy two